From Potomac Fund Management, this is the Conquer Risk Podcast. Join us as we discuss the business of running an RIA firm and the practice of investment management. And now, our hosts. Welcome to the Conquer Risk Podcast. Uh, Manish, I'm, I'm pretty excited today because uh, this, is, this has been a culmination. We've done several episodes in, under a series of making of a platform. And, you know, the, in fact, the last one, we talked about some of the benefits of a multi-manager TAMP. And, and we're finally able to describe the end result. We've talked about some of our decision processes along the way, but, but now we're able to talk about our actual decisions and what's coming up. So, you know, in this process, uh, you know, there are a number of great things that we can talk about and a couple of, of scary things we're going to talk about. And that's, that's where I want us to dig in. I mean, let's, let's start with, uh, you know, the one thing that we've heard, you and I have heard loud and clear throughout the years about multi-manager platforms. Yeah, anytime you build a product of any sort, uh, you want to get feedback, you want to uh, collect thoughts from your ideal audience, in this case, which... Uh, is uh, other financial advisors. And the one thing that stuck out literally with every conversation you and I have had with various advisors is the frustration around client service and servicing uh, of the advisor from the, the larger investment platforms. Uh, and that's, that's come up over and over again. Yeah, I mean, why, why do you think it's such a struggle? I mean, why is it so hard you know, service is supposed to be this thing that everybody is providing better than everybody else. Why do you think it's such a struggle for these firms? Everyone's in the scale game, uh, especially with the larger platforms. So, you know, you have trillions, billions, sometimes trillions of dollars on these platforms, and they service a certain group of advisors, which are usually, you know, over two, three hundred million. Uh, the folks that have, you know, 20, to 60 million or maybe 20 to 100 million in that range unfortunately they just don't have the amount of service that they need and it, it, i don't blame these larger companies they're they just don't have uh employees or infrastructure in place to really focus on on the smaller folks it's no different than any SaaS product where they get you in the door with these you know 30 40 dollar a month deals and slowly start pricing you out or getting rid of your level. So I think the struggle really just comes down to the business model of large investment platforms are just not set up to handle smaller RIAs. So uh, from that standpoint, then what, uh, let's, let's talk about how we've solved this problem or how we're addressing this problem. I think first and foremost, I mean, the, 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 it's a feature of how it's built. And what I mean by that is we're not trying to scale. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I've said this over and well, over. Hold on, time out, time out, time out. I have to, I have to say this, because if, if an advisor wasn't paying attention, I think they need to hear this. Wait a minute, we're not trying to be a behemoth? No, I like, mean, that, isn't that, that the glory days? Yeah, and, and, and I know everyone <laughs> sets up their companies to, you know, for this large abundance of growth and private equity and cash out. And I've always felt the opposite. I feel like if you have a good group of employees, yes, you want to have growth, enough to incentivize your employees, enough to uh, continuously add to the breadth of services. But if you have a good small group of employees with a good small group of advisors, there's no need to scale up. It, there's plenty of money to be made and everyone can enjoy their lives. I, I don't personally want a business with 20 employees. Uh, you know, that, that's that's 20 more people I have to deal with and that you have to deal with. And it, it, it's... Uh, <laughs> It, it, no, it's true. It's just a, we, we don't want to scale to a point where 
you lose the fun and the ability to actually help. Uh, and, and so we're not trying to scale. Yeah, absolutely. I had an advisor ask me this the other day. He's like, well, so what happens if you, you know, if you, you know, you really grow like gangbusters and, you know, is there a cap or is there, what, what's kind of the objective? And I said, look, I want to be clear. I find my passion in helping advisors, right? If I'm instead having to manage a hundred people, that that's not, that's not the job that I want. That, that to me, I, I would rather not do anything than do that. that. That's just not it. I want to help advisors. And I can't do that if we just sort of throw it out there and, and let it grow to, to who cares how big and, you know, and just keep going. I want well, it to be focused so you and I can keep doing what we love. Exactly. And I always told uh, Christopher and I had this conversation and I told him, the second I have to respond to an advisor's email a week later with that up fake ass apology saying oh i'm sorry i missed your email yada 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 is the second that the doors are closed uh, because at that point you have too many clients uh, you have too many advisors on board and if the service is not there because we pride ourselves on service if you email us we are going to email you back and we're going to solve the problem or we're <laughs> going to tell you listen give me a couple days let's get this done because you and i are both cut from the same cloth that the biggest pet peeve yeah. is just flat out ignoring people and so yeah, I got to say, you had a great example uh, just a couple of days ago. I got to throw this back in there. You had a great example of service with with one of these very same big box brands that I want to make sure that you you touch on. Yeah, I mean, listen, I have a thousand examples to tell you the <laughs> truth, but this one was was with um, you know someone in our industry, and I had login issues, and and I don't take this lightly. I'm I'm pretty tech savvy. I, I tried different things, yeah. and so three weeks went by. I said, look, I, I just. I'm not getting, once I log in, it's not loading properly. You know, it's just not working and it's not responsive. Can we do something about this? Look into it, recreate my logging, whatever it may be. And the response was, uh, you know, thanks for reaching out. Uh, please contact your internet service provider uh, to help with this problem. Uh, and and lately, when I get dumbass emails, I just respond with LOL and move on because there's nothing you can do. And I don't blame the the person. You know, it's just they they don't care. They probably have twenty five thousand of those emails a day complaining about something. So, but yeah. it just it just goes to the point. So, uh, the other thing that that I think is important, and, and you're taking the lead on this role, is staggered onboarding i.e not necessarily you know being greedy and saying yes to everything why don't you explain the staggered onboarding yeah absolutely so you know we've created a transition process that has five phases and and the each advisor is part of that they're they're in the checklist right so different things depend on different things um as we walk through those steps and we think it's critical that we stagger how many advisors can come on board so that we can focus on those one or two at a time and make sure that, that they are getting full and complete service while at the same time, and this is something that I see, I've seen so many times, at the same time, we want to make sure that the current advisors that do business with us in whatever capacity don't see an interruption in their service. And this is where I point at the cable model, and I've always said this. The, the cable companies, right, all the deals, all the service, all the everything goes to those new clients. And, and it's like they've forgotten the obvious. In almost every business, the cost of acquisition is more than the cost of servicing. But yet they forget servicing entirely, lose customers, because they're so busy trying to go after the new ones. So we're taking a different approach, and that is making sure that we limit to you know one or two or three, depending upon size, 
at a time so that we can stagger those and make sure that service is quality, top-notch, on both the new transition for the new advisor as well as the existing advisor who may also be doing business with us in whatever capacity that is. So Yeah, I think that's important to... to it's a good point. You know, you can't forget that, you know, you're funded by your existing clients and not chasing shiny, uh, shiny new objects, <laughs> shiny new yep. things. And that's part of, part of where our, you know, one of the first phase of, of our transition is discovery. And without going into too much detail there, it's about understanding. And, and we have a, again, a thorough process on understanding what the advisor actually is doing right now, what managers are using, what portfolios they're using, et cetera. And, uh, you know, making sure that, that that we're both on agreement, both in agreement, that everything is good to go before we take, you know, actual steps of agreeing that, yes, the transition will take place. Okay. So, again, that's that's just a mark of service, right? Know who you're working with. Know their name. Know uh, something about them, right? So. All right. What else you got? All right. So, uh, you know, as we move forward, let's, let's talk about some more exciting things uh, since we've solved that problem. Uh, seamless operation. I mean, from prospect to client, that's one of the things that, and who knew we started this before COVID happened, who knew that being an electronic capability or having a hundred percent digital capability was going to be such a thing. And that's, that's where we start this next point, right? It's, it's really about from prospect to client through the life of that client. You can have, if you choose a hundred percent digital experience. And this well, robots yeah, don't have anything on yeah, us. This this solution <laughs> came from years of frustration and us not being able to deliver on what we wanted to deliver. And let me explain that. Let me unpack that one comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have tried for years to allow for advisors to create a proposal, then open a new account. That's it. Th those two things we've tried to do. <laughs> And yeah. it's been next to impossible when you when you look at other advisors. Everything is designed for one advisor and their own book of business. But to come in and create a prospect, give them a proposal, uh, digital onboarding signature from start to finish has been elusive. And I don't. Everyone sells you whatever they want, and they sell you the sizzle. But still, to this day, it, it, it's hard. So this has been a huge sort of success story for for us to be able to deliver this. It's uh, this entirely digital process. So how it works, essentially, uh, you can uh, get a prospect in the system, uh, get their, their, their risk score uh, using a uh, seven-question system, uh, and, and then immediately dive into the onboarding process through DocuSign and multi-custodian, in addition to uh, any RIA uh, paperwork you may have that's separate from um, you know, our paperwork and the custodian paperwork. Right. I want to I want to add a little piece to that. Uh, you know, you do the risk questionnaire and so forth. Right. There is a built-in proposal system, and what I think is kind of cool about that is that it's not just a proposal system like, okay, choose manager A plus manager B plus manager C, and then here comes the canned report. You you as an advisor can create a couple of different. <clears throat> excuse me. You can create a couple of different templates, if you like, so that maybe for most of your clients, it's a pretty short and simple proposal, but you also happen to work with an engineering firm, and so a number of your clients, you know, want to have more nitty-gritty. They want to dig in more, and so fine. You can also have a template for that more thorough proposal, right? It gives you the ability to choose what you're kicking out. It is not just a canned system. Correct. The second thing I, the second thing I want to point out here is that... Uh, the part of the reason that we are so excited about this 
is because everything is being built together. What's that really mean? What it really means is, we've talked about this before, it's not a bunch of integrations. It's not a bunch of plug-and-play on the back end. Uh, and then, you know, integrations sometimes work, sometimes don't. No, no, Frankly, no, no, you, you, no, 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 no. Integrations never work. Uh, <laughs> it, they, they just don't right, work. I agree and, with and, you and, and, and if they do work, they send name and email over, like I'm supposed right. to dance around uh, in enjoyment because you send over three pieces of data. Like it, they, they don't work. And so the all-in-one <laughs> solution even if it gets you to 80% is better than whatever nonsense is sold out there because integrations simply don't work. To that point, the next big benefit, I think, from advisors is our ability to deliver the financial planning aspect of this side by side with their investments. Because we are big believers that integrations don't work, you're able to uh, set goals, run the financial plan, and then within that see how they're meeting those goals with the investments since they're all sort of uh side by side with each other any what are your thoughts on that right. one because i know you dove into yeah, this yeah well yeah absolutely i've 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 done some <clears throat> excuse me i've done some financial plans with this system uh, testing it out getting familiar with it and uh i'm pretty psyched because of course it's not just uh let's say oh well it's just basic financial planning Look, one of the things that's pretty cool when you think about financial planning side by side with the actual investments, there's a third component that could be easily overlooked, and that's account integration. Not integration. Oh, my goodness. Here I go with that. Aggregation. There's a big difference. Um, and so having your financial plan with the aggregated accounts, like the, the checking account, the savings account, the car loan, the mortgage, right, all those things, that are live fed in is a pretty cool component to add a setting side by side with their actual investments. I mean, in the end, that's what the clients want, right? That's what they expect from so many other things in their life. So if you, the advisor can provide to the end client, that nice, simple consolidated process, you have truly provided value far beyond, I mean, as a money manager, any kind of performance that we might have, right? That's a totally different discussion. But you're simplifying the client's life. And when you can do that, man, you are king or queen in either case. Simplicity breeds clarity and investors yeah, and investors want that. And so the ability to, to lay that out and then also see, you know, what assets are held away that, that may provide an opportunity. Also to look at how you craft your investments, because if you're fully invested in something, you know, uh, you know, less aggressive and they're holding cash somewhere else, it just gives you a better view. I mean, I'm not going to say holistic because yeah. that's my least favorite word in, in the in our industry, <laughs> um, but something like holistic uh, in terms of getting their 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 uh, full view. So, uh, what else you got? We'll we'll take the word holistic and throw it over there with comprehensive <laughs> yeah. off to the side. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I think the the last piece that we want to touch on is something that is a big differentiator between what we are offering and what you find from the majority of the bigger box brand name uh, third-party or multiple manager platforms. And that is the OCIO capability. And the first question many advisors are going to ask is, well, what's OCIO, right? The outside chief investment officer capability. Uh, I am here shortly. We'll be releasing a blog post that will go into that in more detail as well. But essentially, the basics that most of these platforms offer is... The fact that they're doing some level of due diligence to determine what managers are available. But that's where it stops. 
And, and that's a big failure in our industry. In, in short, I think it's kind of a dirty little secret that, that there, there really haven't been access to the tools and the education for ad- advisors at the advisor level to understand how to put a good due diligence process together. And therefore, not only how to choose good managers, but also what managers combine well and how to combine them. And so that capability is something that we are offering you're not going to sign in as an advisor and see 500 managers, even if that's how many are available. Instead, we're going to work with you to determine, A, what's your list for transitions, right? So we can make sure that the clients get over in a simple format. But then moving forward, that ability to work with us to say, okay, you have a new need. You want to optimize your portfolio combinations, or you have you want to change a manager or add a manager and, and why. Well, I'll help narrow down the field. You know, our team will narrow down the field and say, hey, here's a couple managers to look at that will do that, right? That that ongoing conversation capability, that access is something that other firms, other platforms just simply don't offer. Very few of them do. And if they do, it's often at an additional cost, so. Yeah, the, the important part there from our experience is we've seen the, the advisors that struggle the most when it comes to picking managers and, and staying patient are the performance chasers because they are constantly moving around, finding, trying to find the next outperformer. And where this type right. of service is really helpful is by diving into the details. For example, if you combine four tactical managers who are all risk off and you get a 40% bounce off a low, you know, chances are you know, all four may not participate. You know, and if your client starts on a certain day, you know, you're going to set bad expectations. So it's important to combine and find the right mix to hit on those client goals. You don't want everything in one style. You know, we've always told people, diversify your trading styles, diversify your managers. But how? And advisors right. used to pick, uh, the advisors were, were more familiar with, they used to pick stocks and mutual funds, and they wanted to get out of that game and use third-party money managers. But now they're going back to the game of picking now those managers and how to combine them. So we feel strongly that this service will be helpful to at least provide guardrails, you know, a guiding hand to say, this is why we think maybe, you know, manager A, who's a little bit more passive, works really well with, with manager B, who's a little tactical. Uh, and, and and we think that's the holy right. grail. And, and the last point I want to make here is uh, it's independent of revenue sharing and i think that's important because i've seen a lot of you know uh the gold lists or the the platinum list they provide of the top money managers are usually the ones that also support their conferences and or provide revenue Mm -hmm. share there's nothing wrong with revenue share there's nothing wrong with supporting conferences we've done it but make sure that that's not you know that that's disclosed it's not the top list because you think these are the best money managers it's because of something else and so we we are steering clear of 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 that or you know obviously completely disclosing it as you know as well yeah and i I want to repeat a bit of a point that you you made which is you know in reference to performance chasing Right. I, as I said, the tools haven't necessarily been available. I mean, look, if you want to, an advisor wants to go spend twenty grand on Morningstar, they can they can start doing some uh, quantitative work. But the reality is, the primary tool the advisor has been given by the very same platforms that they're trying to use to simplify their business are nothing but performance filters. So without having a conversation. 
to understand the qualitative and quantitative components coming together to do something, the only thing they've been able to choose from are the performance filters. So should we be surprised that they end up in kind of getting stuck in that rut? That's a great point. Not really. That's a great point. So yeah. that's the independent advisors of this world. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, the you know let's say under a hundred million dollars, they don't have the tools, the capabilities. They don't have necessarily the full service offered to maybe a, a, a larger producing advisor, and that's unfortunate because they have good businesses. And, and so that's the target that we're looking for are the, the folks that have good businesses, the 20 million, 30 million, 50 million, et cetera, that have good businesses, they have good staff, but they just need to simplify this process, mm-hmm. get good OCIO, OCIO services, you know, get a good process where, where we are truly an extension of their office because we know their name and we know what they're doing and, and working together. That's, that's the fun part. I mean, I think you could probably, see, if you're watching, you can see it. If you can are only listening to the podcast, I think you can hear from Anish and I both that this is the passionate that we find in this business is helping advisors do this. And yeah. in the end, you grow faster, right? As an advisor, your team is actually happier because they've got good re- a team that they can rely on. And the clients in the end win because they've got a better process, a better solution set that's being offered to them. And it's all being simplified and aggregated. Notice mm-hmm. I made sure I used the word mm-hmm. aggregated this time. All <laughs> right. What, uh, what recommendations do you have this week? All right. Well, I have to extend a bit. Last last uh, time I recorded a podcast, I recommended the Native Titan uh, fishing kayak. It's a pedal kayak. But that in and of itself is only as good as the tools that are added to it. And I have to add the micro power pole. It's actually the mini power pole and, uh, and an anchor. And, and that is essentially set up so that with a push of a button, I can drop an eight-foot anchor spike down into the ground and and therefore stop the boat and it's cool because it's all a lithium battery powered it's got its own battery pack and you know anytime i'm in you know six seven foot of water or less i can just hit a button and stop the boat and it's not going to go anywhere and that allows for much better fishing and and when you're standing up and so forth it it stabilizes the boat a bit so it's pretty cool deal it's not cheap but well, but I, it, it I, makes it more, much more fun, and I, it's quiet. That's the other thing. You don't want to scare the fish. Yeah, I'm sure some people will appreciate this recommendation. I have no idea what you're talking about, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, yeah, and you're not going to have any idea what I'm talking about in a second either. So, uh, this is the joys of recommendation. So, uh, my, mine this week is something that uh, I've owned uh, a lot of. It, it, this is probably one of the most elitist recommendations I've made, uh, but it is a uh, Bob's uh, stroller. And for those young parents out there, you know exactly what I mean. They're not cheap, but they're those, you know, big old jogging strollers with like, you know, 13-inch rims or whatever the hell you want to call them. Oh, and, hold on. Uh, I got a, a double and I a single. I got my head on the microphone. Yeah. I got a double and a single, and um, it's like a parking <laughs> lot need, in here. And uh, You need and more those, than uh, that, brother. Those, those, are, those are amazing. So um, I, I highly recommend those for, for any young parents. Don't be a cheap ass if you can afford it. Uh, uh, spend the money, you'll you'll uh, you'll be glad you did. So uh, that's all I got. 
Cool. Well, on that note, we've, uh, we're excited to uh, have further discussions. Anybody who has questions, certainly reach out to us. You can use the Connect page, uh, like, subscribe, enjoy our podcast, and uh, we look forward to, to further conversations along this line. I think that'll do it for the making of a platform. We are getting close to launch and excited about it. So thanks for listening and watching. See you later. Bye. All opinions expressed by podcast guests are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of Potomac Fund Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Potomac Fund Management may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.